When I first received education around today's topic, I was dumbfounded. I felt betrayed even, and I felt honestly guilty, like I had been living under a rock by choice. The emotions entangled in the moment couldn't possibly lend themselves to the entangled experiences of the actual victims. And yet I was thinking about myself in that moment, my children, my husband, my own testimony, how I too had been in experiences like this that put myself in harm's way. I know though, in that very moment, I was forever moved. Today's conversation with Brittany Dunn, who is the co-founder of The Safe House Project, is unlike any traditional entrepreneurial or wellness podcast that you might have heard from me here before, but it is surely footed on a firm foundation and circling a topic that I feel honored and uh, just needing to, not even honored, I have to, I feel an obligation to speak up about. And I truly hope that it serves you in a unique way. In order for you to understand, as I did in that first moment, and also be able to voice what's going on around sex trafficking. This is a topic that seems far from reach for most of us, but it's actually happening in our very neighborhood right now. And I actually don't mean that figuratively. It's literally a true statistic. So tune in. Brittany's going to share all about this and uncover and unpack what is going on in society today, right here in our own neighborhood, in our own nation. This is not a foreign concept. So know ultimately that as much as I want you to tune in here, I would rather you even just go to IamOnWatch.org in order to participate in the free one-hour online training that is provided to you by survivors. And they will be not only serving you with so much wisdom and information of on-the-ground tactics, but will become a life's resource to you today, to your community, to your children, to your children's children, and so much more. So I am grateful for Brittany for being here, and I'm just grateful too that I I don't have to, and you don't either have to live under a rock, no matter what false information is presented to you on a consistent basis from things like media and TV or movies in Hollywood. So y'all, let's just be better. That's really what today is about. Let's advocate for others when they are unaware, unable, in control of their own advocacy. And let's be on watch. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says for such a time as this. It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy. Though I'm all for therapy and I love Whole Foods, I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter. Though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers. As we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. 
the Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. All right, all right. I'm so excited to have you here. I am actually currently on a social media fast. So for me to actually be showing up on Facebook, even though I'm not on Facebook, thank you, technology, and thank you, Jesus, for this incredible time and just an opportunity to shed light on your heart, Brittany, and everything that you have going on, um, not just for yourself, but for, honestly, the world. And I am just honored to be alongside you in that opportunity to just bolster what it is that you're doing. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today and share a little bit about what's happening. Totally my pleasure. So you guys, this is Brittany Dunn. Uh, Her and I got connected, gosh, was this early last year, early last year. And she came in and uh, shared with the Core Creatives women uh, because we were looking for a space for us to be able to kind of give back. And uh, she came in and shared with us about sex trafficking. And I was literally shocked. I had no idea um, of the grandiose things in a negative way that the enemy has control over um, and, and happening right in our very backyard. It was a bit traumatizing, especially as a mother. Um, but I just loved how you came in with such not just wisdom, but like confidence. And it was confidence in in God, ultimately, because we know that we don't have control, even in these means, as much as we want to fix and heal and, and provide hope. But ultimately, the hope is through him. And so uh, as I've learned more from things that you've shared and events that I've attended, and um, I'm just excited for other people to hopefully have that same aha moment that I had, um, same awareness factor and same activation space for them today. So um, thank you. And I'd love for you to just dive in, Brittany, and just share with us how you got started in this uh, specific area, this niche, if you will. Um, yeah, let's let's hear all about it. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Brittany Dunn, and I am the CEO of Safe House Project and one of the co-founders. Um, but my journey with Safe House Project and really with serving um, victims of child sexual trafficking began years before. It's amazing how God has to plant that seed and how long sometimes it takes to watch it grow. Um, So really the first time that I heard about anything in this vein was in college through the Voice for the Voiceless campaign. And even then it was an overseas issue. It was a booklet, you know, that showed the overseas challenges of trafficking and the impact of poverty and women's rights issues on these kids. But it wasn't until I moved down to Atlanta for my first job when God really started to open my eyes to the domestic issue. And when I moved to Atlanta in 2008, um, they were reporting that 300 kids were being trafficked every day in Atlanta. And that, uh, 
I was blown away. I was like, what? I don't understand. Like, they're, they're, what's happening to kids right here where I just moved? And so um, I started working with a um, ministry out of my church down there, and we just started potlucks and prayers. And we got together every week, and we would pray over our city, and we would do prayer walks through um, the neighborhoods of Atlanta. And honestly, that's where it all started for me. It was in the prayer, in that deep, um, that on my knees, understanding that yes, we serve a God that is bigger than all of that, but that we have to choose to step into hard. And so um, from there, my journey in this was a very much a volunteer journey for 10 years, working with different organizations. Um, I'm a military spouse, so we have moved all over the United States. And so I've seen how this has played out in a variety of communities. And so um, the last place we lived before moving out to Virginia was a small town, a really small truck stop town called Fernley, Nevada. In, it's an hour and a half east of Reno. And no, there is nothing an hour and a half east of Reno, except for these really <laughs> small little towns. And it's where the brothels were still legal. And so my heart broke to see these girls who were so young and so vulnerable being recruited right out of the high schools by the brothel owners because it was legal industry. And so they didn't even stand a chance. And that wow. just, I mean, that just shatters you yeah. when you watch the kids next door being targeted and groomed from such a young age. And so when we moved to Virginia, um, we had the opportunity to just come alongside other believers who have a heart for this issue, originally to help fund a safe house in South Africa. Um, but that expanded into the vision for Safe House Project and the domestic landscape. And when we launched um, Health and Human Services, that 300,000 American children were being trafficked every year in the United States. So it was the number of 300 that got me at the outset. And in less than a decade, that number had grown to an estimation of 300,000. When you first started, it was 300,000 people on a given, is it, it was a year, right? And that's in our, that's in our country, y'all. And so often you have this visual and we think of the, the movie that the, the girl gets like jumped in a van and then like taken away. And I would love for you to like share more about the fact that it is more of this knock on the door brothel experience that's happening even now, even though brothels aren't in the same context. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think that is where so much of the education needs to um, move towards is that we have to kind of throw out our preconceived notions of what Hollywood has um, helped us believe might be what trafficking is or our belief that it is human smuggling or child kidnapping and really take a hard look at what this is. At its core, it is the commercial sexual exploitation through force, fraud, or coercion if it's an adult. But if it's a child, we don't even have to have those markers. It is only the commercial sale of a child for sex. That's it. It's... And so when you start to understand that that's all it is, not all it is in the sense that it's perfect, of course, there's of course. not a huge definition. Like You start to understand how it's become just part of our nation and part of the fabric of our community. And a huge part of that is because the demand is right here on American soil. Um, Americans are the number one consumers of child sex in the world. 
more than any other country. And so it's our kids that are impacted as a result. Um, and so what we have to realize is that it looks a variety of ways. It looks like 40% of it for us is usually comes through child sexual abuse in the home that starts early and then escalates into child trafficking. So 40% of these kids are in their in the home of their family when they're being trafficked. Only 4% is abduction. So how do we help protect kids who may be in a really challenging family situation? How do we protect kids who might be trafficked by a peer or by a neighbor or a coach or somebody they really think they can trust? And a lot of that starts at home with teaching our kids healthy boundaries, with helping them understand sense of self and the importance of consent. These are all very important topics that we need to address with our kids at age-appropriate levels, of course, but to really empower our kids to be their biggest advocate. Wow. And then for those who don't have that, we all need to stand in the gap. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so powerful, especially thinking of my own kids and being a mom. Like it just it becomes that much more, not that it's not real, just that much more tangible because there's this at home minute by minute experience. I'm thinking of my kids at school and something like horrible like that happening. And us realizing that it is more of this space of commonality than it is this bizarre thing that happens every once in a while. And we're learning that now, um, even in the news the last few days. And so explain to us, like, what does Safe House actually do in this process? And and how are huge victories like we've been seeing that are finally being brought to the table as understanding where a year and a half ago, I don't even feel like they ever reported stuff like this. So like, where is that transition? And where is that praise report go to obviously God like just revealing things the way that he has in the last year pedophilia and all of that this is a really heavy prompt timely conversation that was happening you know within in my heart before it was actually happening on the news so I'm, I'm so grateful for you guys for that awareness do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream God has given you for far too long do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business. Maybe you've titled this God Dream a Ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home, your first ministry. Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe He'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? Y'all, I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes, and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn-out sandals for his intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream from ideation to activation, catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes He has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur. Why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes, 
They aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days. And I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where he has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride. Get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision he has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. Yeah, just to speak to a little bit of the news cycle right now, because it is, it's been as hard as COVID has been, and as much as none of us would want to have to go through it again, um, this would, we probably wouldn't have gotten to this point in our recognition of this issue without COVID. Because what came out of that is people understanding that kids are trapped in unsafe homes, that our that predators live in the online space. And as all of our kids are online for virtual school, we have to be even more on watch for signs that they are um, enduring predatory behavior. And so I think that what we've seen is just uh, this momentum building toward people actually having to say, wait, hold down. I, kind of seen parts of this over the years, but I've never slowed down enough to really understand what this is. And I think as we've all slowed down in our own ways during this season, we have been given an opportunity to maybe educate ourselves a little bit more around something that it is a hard topic. And it's a lot easier to say, I got a laundry list of things that I have to do over here. So I'm not even going to choose to engage the hard on this side. And um, we've been confronted with it. And so that's where, for us, our um, our heartbeat is right now. We're with all of the people who want to understand this more deeply, who are saying, okay, I'm going to take that deep breath. I'm going to choose to engage for an hour of my time. Even if I, this isn't somewhere that I'm going to invest you know, a ton of my time in the future, I'm going to do enough to understand. And I think that's been a really neat thing to see. I think that's so beautiful. And that's really where safe houses come from and where they're evolving into, obviously staying under the mission of what you guys are doing, but now giving people like me or those other people who are, you know, in different spaces all the time. I mean, I can think of a thousand different spaces that you would want to to tune into something like this and really learn and dissect, but also like be able to raise your hand, raise your voice, raise your heart for situations that are occurring right in front of your face. Yeah. So going back to kind of what does Safe House Project do for those who are unfamiliar with us, when we found it, as I said, like we were hearing that 300,000 American children were being trafficked. But even for us, we're like, okay, that's a lot of kids for nobody to be saying anything. Like what's happening? And that's when we realized that victim identification is at 1%. 1%. So that means only 3,000 kids are being identified. And that was truly alarming. And we said, okay, well, what's happening when those 1% are identified? Where do they go? How do they even be placed into a um, program 
or a safe house where they can start to receive the holistic care that they need. And that was just startling to learn that there were less than 100 beds in 2018 for child victims of trafficking throughout the entire United States. And so in lieu of those services being available, 80% end up re-victimized. And so that was really where, when we, we made ourselves student of the industry, we have relationships with 120 organizations, but those were the gaps. We had to figure out how do we increase victim identification over 1% and how do we increase capacity to serve more survivors? And so um, that has been our heartbeat for the past few years. That's the work that we work every day to accomplish. Um, of course, all of our training used to be in person and then COVID happened. And so what we've really focused in on this um, in this season is that we had the opportunity to go back to the tens of thousands of people that we've trained and say, what was compelling? What were your takeaways? What needed to be done better? And from that, they said, the thing that I will never forget are their survivor stories. They're like, the statistics are impactful, but it's the, it's the survivor stories that truly um, bring this home for me and compel me to action. And so we um, gathered up an army of survivors who want a voice, who want to be able to share and protect the next generation. And they wrote the first survivor written virtual training that is going to release this September. September 17th is our big lunch date. Um, wow. That's so cool. I didn't even realize as the, as the listener here that they were the ones who actually put it together from their perspective. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. It's amazing. So really what it does is it they share a little bit about their story, and but I don't share, we can all imagine gruesome details behind closed doors. We don't need that. What they needed to share was where did I intersect community members who could have spotted and reported the trafficking, who could have said something feels off, that we all have that God-given intuition that sometimes things don't add up. And what do we do when that when we feel that way? And so it goes through kind of where they share a little bit about those intersection points with community members. And then we have um, a subject matter analysis of how can you spot and report the trafficking situation or even prevent it? Because if we can all be on watch, as we like to say, then we're given an opportunity to start preventing these types of situations before they escalate to trafficking. And so that's really what we're working to do. Um, our our survivors are really excited. That's the other really amazing part of this whole thing. They just can't stop talking about it because they're like, no one has ever slowed down to say, they, there's incredible survivor-led organizations and they do everything they can, but they're like, this is the first time we get to have a unified voice where we've collaborated, where we've even, they, like, it was fun to watch them interact and be like, I don't like being referred to as a survivor. Or I don't like this. And, you know, have those healthy dialogues. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Like just like another restorative like layer for them, which is so beautiful. So it's been incredible to watch. So that will be coming to life and it's called um, On Watch. And that's because really we even a Safe House Project, it's powered by Safe House Project and the Malou Foundation. But we just want to be facilitators who provide resources to empower survivors to have a voice. And so if we can create the platform where they can continue to um, 
to breathe life into it, that's all we want to do. So this is really just the start of something. It's not the end of something when we launch. It's the beginning. This is an opportunity for survivors to continue to contribute to, that we will um, continually update it with new content, new stories, new ways that they are impacting our communities. We have so many survivors now who have gone into the medical field, who are police officers, who um, are teachers, because they want to be those resources to the next generation and help really be on the front lines. And so that's what I love, too, is we get to share hope. We get to share, share God's restorative journey for people and um, just celebrate them the same way a cancer survivor is celebrated, because neither one of them ever asked to endure that trauma. and so. We shouldn't force victims of human trafficking to walk around with the shame. They should be celebrated in the same manner. And that's what wow. I never thought of it from that perspective. It's re that's a really powerful thing that I'll take away from this conversation is like knowing that like we go for runs on behalf of right cancer survivors. And I know Safe House has actually put together runs for the same reason. Um, but to know that there's this like other layer that of shame. And I don't think that people who have and I'm saying this just from a perspective of having known people, they don't really carry shame and guilt in the same way that a sex tra trafficker would, but they still carry this idea factor that then feels like they're always beneath that like I that survivor word I understand that fully and wanting to like break free even from that and giving them a voice is really the way that you do that and to understand like how can I then prevent this from it happening to other people in any form or fashion um, so I'm it's, I'm amazed by that. I really love that that's the component and the way and the angle that you guys talked about it. And also, I think you mentioned it, but I want people to hear and catch this for sure, that this is a free training. There is no investment on your behalf needed other than your time and your openness to receive. And I think that's such a critical element of how this can continue to grow and take shape and really have a ripple effect, which I'm such a, a proponent of every ripple effect that's God-given. Um, and so I, I'm so excited to see how this continues to infuse the community and America specifically because we're in such need of it. Yeah. We're really excited. And the other beautiful part about this is so we kind of talked about the education side, but what Safe House really founded to do was to accelerate Safe House capacity. And so we want to see more of these Safe Houses built in our. Um, so to date, we've launched 90 new beds in restorative Safe Houses across America. We are on track to add 160 in 2020. And that systematically doubles what's available. And so just that movement and forward progress is a step in the right direction, but we have the ability to do more. And so 100% of donations that are given to the OnWatch um, through the OnWatch platform go directly towards continuing that acceleration of safe house development. Because what we also don't want is to increase victim identification and say, I'm sorry, but there's no place for you to go. And so we really believe that in order for us to eradicate trafficking in America, we have to have education and we have to work to prevent it before it happens. But we do have to have treatment opportunities for those who have already been impacted. And so that's what I love about the um, community of organizations that we get to work with is that we want to make sure that the um, 
survivor or my favorite way they like to be referred to themselves or one of them did yesterday. She's like, no, I'm a warrior. So the way the warriors. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's, a, that's an earned yeah. title, earned stripe. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I really like that one. They all have their own flavor. And that's sometimes why we have to revert back to using the survivor word because otherwise we're like, we're yeah, you're like, what? <laughs> Wonder women. Can I, Our United. Wonder, <laughs> Wonder men, whatever. Yeah. And that's a big thing too, is to like recognize that because I think so often there is that understanding that this is just a female industry, right? Just girls right. are affected by this, but tell us the statistics around like the men and boys being involved because that was something that was super shocking to me. Yeah. 30 6% of survivors are now boys, according or men, boys or men, according to the Department of Justice. And so that's what I think we have to recognize is that everybody's impacted or has the potential to be impacted. And so uh, our heartbeat is to see more safe houses launched, to get more boys homes out there, to really create a coordinated response to trafficking so that whether you are a child who's coming out of that situation or you're an adult who never was able to receive those necessary services, that your story doesn't stop at identification or escape, but that you really can live into whatever it is that your dream is, the yeah. way that you feel shaped and the, and where you want your life to go. And how can we help you get there? We just want to be facilitators in whatever way that you want us to be part of your journey. And um, we feel privileged. It's not even that that's all it is. We feel, feel privileged to walk alongside you for whatever season is that you'll have us. And then we love to say, great, God's got you. You have an incredible life ahead of you. And whatever you want to be called, or if you want to be called nothing, I don't really care because I just want to celebrate that you are truly free. Yeah. And that's all of it. That freedom. And I think like with that freedom and, and even being in the safe house and going through those therapy experiences, it then gives them the understanding that their, you know, individual imprint is purposed. And I think so often when things like that happen to us, um, that can be so detrimental to pulling away our identity factors. And ultimately, like, God is the restorer of identity. He's the one who says who we are because we are his and chosen and loved and seen and known. And you can feel so isolated in those spaces. And the the women who have come before, a um, couple of the situations that I've come to to witness what they've said or what they've gone through, it, it just has that blanket of I am nobody and I am simply being used. And here you're saying, yes, you are somebody and God's going to use your story and turn that into a space of redemption. And to be able to integrate that into everything and infuse that into everything that they do is like totally my heartbeat for all people who are growing a life's purpose or a life's abundance based on their storyline, because that's the whole purpose of what we're called to do use those things. Yes. And what's so amazing is like we have one survivor who I've had the privilege of walking alongside the past few years. And, um, you know, she still has really hard days sometimes because everybody dies, but she knows who she is. She knows where her identity comes from. And so when those hard days come, she can stand up and fight and she knows that she can, um, truly, rest her head knowing, you know, that she is safe and that God's got her. And I love seeing that in her and seeing that, that just that the way that that, um, brought such 
it really truly is that new creation feeling when you see somebody go through that um, healing transformation and she did the work, God did the work. It had nothing like we all get to just be part of that. And I love seeing God's like God be the glory in all of this because it's his healing journey and the way that he shepherds our hearts that gets us through anything that each of us face. And I just, it's, I, I can't even put into yeah. words how incredible it is. Yeah. To be so amazing. And then like in that process though, to know like the women that you're alongside and the, the organizations that you're alongside, like God uses them as like the angels and the advocates of his behalf to say no more, like I'm not going to stand for this. And so there is an army rising up and it's so evident in all of the things that are transpiring in, in culture right now uh, for people to claim their voice and to claim their identity in him and allow there to be a stopping point for this. And I'm just really hopeful that situations like this and the on watch program will be something that allows people to to gain authority in that space, no matter how invested or they are or not, like we all are linking arms saying that we are, you know, standing, we're standing against this. Um, and the more that we can do that, the more that the voiceless become the people who are actually creating the havoc, right? Because we are overpowering them in that place. Absolutely. And that is where I just, I long for the day that survivors can just feel that empowerment as a collective group that they can, they can share, you know, that they can share about the hope and that's, what's going to change and end this issue in so many ways is when they have a community that's truly supporting them and supporting that path forward. And I love what's happening right now. And I also think that, you know, if you've been hesitant about getting involved with this issue, it's hard. I understand that. But if God calls you into it, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so there so is good. so many things that I would say, like, I was not a public speaker. I told God I, I am not a public speaker. What? And I, and I don't run. Ah. Don't <laughs> of life. Never I, tell God you don't do something. Oh, yeah. And so last year, between two of us, we trained 10,000 people in person. You get over your fears of public speaking very quickly when you're thrust into the uh, public speaking realm. And then so good. I also said I, I've never, I, I'd never run a 5K. I don't even, I always found a way out of like getting out of the run in high school. Like that was just like not my thing. And Last year, God called Christy, my other co-founder, myself, and our CEO, to run the Marine Corps Marathon um, because we were charity partners. And so good. <laughs> did it. I don't know if I could do it again, but we did it. And here, the girl, I still have never run a 5K. I mean, ah! I guess I have, yeah, I have multiple 5Ks you ran. That's hysterical. So that's the only time race I've ever done. I did it the that's hilarious time. you're like i'm good for a lifetime thanks god so, um i'll just say if you keep telling god you you can't or you won't i don't recommend it because you usually get thrust into seeing the ways that he can stretch you that's so good but we've gotten to see the miracles i and love that part i, I mean, love that not that everything has to end up in a miracle but we have seen the way that god shows up and he shows up right on time 
and his resources are in abundance because he is a good, good father and he has a heart for each of these people, no matter where they are, whether they've been identified or not. And he has a heart for each of us and he is asking us to be part of this. And so how do we step into our calling, whatever that looks like in whatever way that is, even if it's just having that hard conversation with your kids at home, having age appropriate conversations, being a safe place for the people in your community to come to, being a resource for that single mom who is trying to figure out how to get, um, you know, her kids involved in activities and just need somebody to drive them. All of those things, the ways that we can really overcome this is by going back to that where we are a village and we are a community that empowers one another and stops judging one another or creating hate speech against one another. How do we unify and how do we come together under the banner of that we are all God's children and move forward in a way that we are all on watch to defend the vulnerable, to lift one another up and really support each other. And when we do that, guess what? Satan doesn't have the foothold because that's love and that's what and that's what we get to do. Come on, preach, sister. It's so good. Y'all, she went from not public wanting to public speak to just like being able to preach the gospel, which is even more amazing, but like literally just stand like Jesus did for the people who were cast aside um, and for the people who, you know, did carry shame and guilt in a huge way, no matter what age, no matter what ethnicity, no matter what gender, like none of that mattered. Like just standing for the human race is what you guys are doing. And I just absolutely love that. Um, And I love that through this program, people are going to be able to see that and hear that. Um, You guys also have some other fun things in the works. And um, are there other ways that we can get involved at this point um, that we can help support? Yeah, absolutely. Um, To donate, it's safehouseproject.org slash donate, which is always welcome, especially during this season where we've canceled 10 events, which no fundraising organization wants to cancel 10 oh, events. Oh, goodness, yes, hard. no. But really, what we're asking everybody to do right now is on September 17th, go to IamOnWatch.org, O-R-G, and take the training. Take that first step and then share it. If you do one thing, it's sharing that message that really was going to help empower us to combat trafficking through education. And so we can all do that. We can all be on watch. So I just appreciate all of it. Yes. And I want to show them. I have to transition over to the screen. I tried to do it while you were talking before, but it actually closes off your mic. So for those that are tuning in um, visually on Facebook, I'm going to lean over into their actual website um, and show you where you can do that. Uh, And it's literally – it's 10 modules currently, right? And only an hour, which is, y'all, we can hand over an hour for these people who have been fighting. And I know that you would do it on behalf of yourself in a situation like that or a child or any one of your loved ones. Um, So let's really link arms in that. So let's check it out for a minute. Here you will see the actual Safe House um, website. It's gorgeous. 
Love it. You guys will be able to get all of the different information here. If you go to their homepage, then you can go right into the OnWatch training. But I am about to give you a sneak peek of the back end of their website, um, which has not been launched. So this is its own site stage. Um, it won't have that word there, so just ignore that. But I am onwatch.org. And you can go here to get the free training, uh, watch the videos, and learn specifically of the same types of things that the tens of thousands of people who got training last year were combated with and convicted by these statistics, these um, this information that was completely I had no idea about. So you can go to the OnWatch training. All it's going to ask of you is your email and your name, and you will be able to actually jump in and start unpacking this. Um, you know, there's specific ones like the child abuse um, and family trafficking. I'm super interested in the boys one for my son, um, and just really understand what is going on on such a deeper level that we can't possibly understand or wrap our head around. I think that's one of the biggest things for me is that half of the time I just my, – my brain has never operated in that capacity because it's never been – understood fully other than what Hollywood has portrayed. And so getting into a conversation with a survivor, like I I yearn for that. And I think it's just going to be such a gift to so many. So Brittany, I just thank you again for being here. Are there any like final words that you'd have to say or share? I'm going to post all of this in the show notes. Um, It's going to be live on the podcast here in a couple of weeks. And I will surely be sharing on all of my social medias. Um, So you guys, definitely, it's the IamOnWatch.org. Yeah. No, thank you for your time today and for each of you for listening and being part of this. It's not about one organization or one person. It's about communities uniting to end this um, really hard issue in America. Yeah. Thank you so much. We so appreciate you and everyone that's in partnership with you and will continue to be through watching this specific module. So you guys be blessed today. Open your eyes. I think that's the biggest thing for me that I learned was just that there are so many opportunities right in front of us. Um, And instead of just hearing about it or seeing something and passing it by, be the voice that stands up for the voiceless. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you, something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway by snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fit and faith underscore podcast or me personally at Tamara.Andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the fit and faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary 
down to the steeple towers of local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.